0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Christiana. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. Fifteen years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is... Daniel Kern, I literally have the fan graphs buddy,
1: the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame, it's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore.
0: And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, we're talking baseball, kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christiana, over there. Across from me, as you cannot see on YouTube, unfortunately, is Daniel Kern? How you doing, Daniel? Chris,
1: I am doing very well. Uh, we're back to, we're pretty much, I feel like we're back to one show a week now, but uh you know it's Monday night, which has kind of become our designated recording time, yes, and uh yeah, we're just out here at at eight sixteen on a Monday in our academic building that is very abandoned right now,
0: yes, yes, uh, as it should be on at, at uh eight seventeen p m um we also have like one of the smallest academic buildings on campus, oh yeah, like
1: there's never a max of like ten people in here,
0: yeah, past class time anytime I... I s- ha- Anytime like I see a, a non a a person outside of our major come into this building, I'm like, Wow, look at you. <laughs> look at you in Wiser.
1: Yeah. No, it's funny, I've talked to so many people outside of the major and I'll be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to Wiser tonight. Like I'll be there for a while. They're like, I haven't been in there since like freshman year and they're like junior
0: seniors. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, no. It's it's like uh yeah, it's our um it's, it's our, our sanctuary. E- it's our embassy yeah. on campus it's our it's our base. Yeah. And shout out to the uh wiser wonder Walter Johnson. Of course. Um for as he had like a 0. 0.55 ERA in the Southern Idaho League <laughs> that one time episode 105 for more information. Um but yeah, uh yeah, one a week and 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 you know, that's that's You know that's... what? I was in this very spot where I'm
1: sitting when we recorded that show. Yeah. Right, right. Here because we... it was one of the few history episodes that we did on campus. Right, because it was towards the very end of it, and I remember you were in your sophomore dorm. I was in here every single time. The security guard would always kind of just drop in as I'm like, and then in 1922, Walter Johnson.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah Alex Ricard made a couple uh, on-camera appearances <laughs> in the background, trying to avoid, trying to avoid he being did, on. But unfortunately, yeah. he was on
1: a college dorm, so it simply is not possible to do yeah, such
0: a thing. And in you know it, you know inside jokes here, but in Abby Appleton dorm as well, which is like you know n- you know it's 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 pretty small. It's not ghoulix small, but it's
1: you wouldn't even know what that is though. I wouldn't really know, <laughs>
0: I, except for that one time I went during summer orientation. Yeah, and they were like, "This is a freshman dorm," and I was like, "Yeah." Um. Yeah. Anyway, if you come to Springfield College, uh.
1: I'm not going to say don't live in Gulick Hall because I bet there might be freshmen listening to this that possibly live there currently. Um, yeah, move out. Yeah, move out, just like I did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Unless you really like your roommate. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Or your, or your floor. If you
1: have a roommate that's there more than twice a week that you like, go right ahead and stay yeah. there. I don't care.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Or you like your floor, you know. Freshman floor bonds are are a uh, are in, are a different. Are, are if different, you if you different. have a good one, if
1: you have a good one, like there's nothing that beats that. Yeah,
0: like you know, there's just people, you know. I, I'm not necessarily good friends with everybody on my freshman floor, but I always say hi no matter what. Yeah. Usually, like we
1: we'll always have that. We were on the same floor for part of freshman year.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: because I moved out of my original dorm and moved like like what it was across the hall and one door over from you um yeah but yeah what a time very sadly it had to get cut short because of covid yep that was uh your room was where the first was kind of where the first arr was filmed it lasted about 2 seconds
0: yeah 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 that was uh cuz i i didn't know to get the radio key from the union um and i was pestering the senior leaders of radio club uh, and
1: now you're one of the senior leaders of Radio Club.
0: Yeah, sort of. Not a lot of f- pestering people though. No. <laughs> it's really just us still. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So yeah. That's that's the that's the Springfield College rundown. Yeah. So also, far. speaking of which, uh, the the third birthday of
1: this podcast is coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. It's uh. It's, it was October first. So it's
0: thir- thirteen days. Yeah. Yeah. As of this which recording.
1: Was one of the honestly like i mean we're going to graduate college this year if i had to do like a a top like 25 list of like the best days in college that that day's got to be there it's the it yeah. has to be I'm, i might even push top 10 a it lot, was definitely like top 5 of freshman year
0: right yeah there there were like our our freshman year we had we had basically the floor you know rented out uh <laughs> like the common room floor or the, the common room of the floor rented out watching the 2019 postseason.
1: Which is one of the best postseasons in recent memory.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, one one of the great, greatest World Series of all time between Nationals and Astros. You know, a, a good Yankees-Astros, uh, ALCS, LCS, obviously. The Nats-Dodgers. Dodgers-Nats yeah. was amazing. Um, yeah, you know, Astros-Rays went five games. And Braves Cardinals, Braves Cardinals won five games. There were
1: some good games in that one too. Like the, the Cardinals, I remember game one, the Cardinals scored like four in the ninth inning. The Braves scored like two or three in the ninth inning. Cardinals won that game. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals had an eighth inning comeback that turned into a walk off in game four. Uh, what was his name? Mike Soroka had like a really good outing in game two or three. And then obviously game five was the, we need
0: your energy bowl. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I I was coming back from something, and it was ten, and then uh, all of a sudden it was ten to nothing. I was like, Hang "Oh, on. you know, I'll I'll miss I'll miss the first inning of this game." But then I got two LDS games, uh, lined up. But yeah, yeah, what a time! What a time! What a time to be alive! Freshman year at Springfield College for the twenty nineteen playoffs. But yeah, um, here we are. Yeah, three about three years later, and we're talking about leading into. The 2022 playoffs, um, a little different this time. We got 12 teams coming in one team that, uh, likely won't be in the playoffs, uh, after leading their division for a lot of the year, it seemed, um, is the Minnesota twins. Um, they've lost 12 out of 18. Currently they stand and before they actually won yesterday. So previous to that, they, they lost, lost today, I believe. Um, Oh, so they already played today?
1: Yes, they played the Guardians again today. I know Josh Naylor hit a 3-run homer. That was the only highlight I saw, but that leads me to believe that they lost. Uh oh god, they, yeah, they lost 11-4. So
0: they've lost 13 of 19 then. Yeah, they've lost 13 of 19 and also yeah, all these all these statistics we're going to talk about today are heading into Monday's games. So they're they've only gotten worse, likely. Yeah, they've only gotten worse. Um so the Twins have lost 13 out of 19. They're now seven out uh, in the AL Central and probably further out in the wild card race because that's how the AL Central works and the AL wildcard works. Uh, what have you been taking away from this Twins semi-collapse?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a pretty easy uh, takeaway here, and that just that they had so much terrible injury luck. Like, if you look at their current IL, you could fill, like, a whole lineup with this team, and it would be pretty good. Right. Um. Just um, just waiting for the the injury report to load. But like Byron Buxton's on the IL right now. That's obviously the biggest uh, the biggest damage to their injury right. uh, report that's been made. That's their best yeah. player. Jorge Polanco just went on the IL like a week ago. Actually, it was that's before a, that. Yeah, that's yeah, a big blow. Pl- as okay, well. it was before September. Uh, Max Kepler's on the IL. Tyler Malley is on the IL. Royce Lewis is on the IL. Miguel Sanoa's is on the IL. Alex Kirillov is on the IL. Like you could, like I said, you could probably fill, fill a whole lineup with the guys they have injured currently.
0: Yeah, and it makes sense that those are the particular guys that are on the IL because it seems that their offense has been more of a problem than their pitching. Yep. Uh, if if uh, the statistics line up correct, uh, in the span or at least heading into Monday, where they lost twelve out of eighteen, uh, they had been scoring the fifth least amount of runs in Major League Baseball. Um, also, oddly enough, just noticed this about the twins, but, uh, in this span where they've gone six and 12 lowest BSR of any team in that span. Interesting. Um, you know, and kind of makes sense. You think about the twins, you don't think of a lot of base dealers on that team. It's just more power guys. Um, but yeah, the BSR by the way is like, whether you have a positive or positive or negative impact on the bases. And that's not just stolen bases. It's like scoring from scoring from first on a double scoring from second on a single, those elements of that. Um, Also, uh, they have not been doing it in clutch situations with runners in scoring position in this span. The twins are hitting 201 with a 577 OPS. Ouch. They have the third lowest OPS with runners in scoring position in this span. Only the tigers and Marlins are worse and they probably have the two worst uh, two worst lineups in baseball. Actually, there's
1: some Tigers news today. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Um, we'll get to that later, but yeah. And uh, last stat I have on the Twins is, and also this probably ties into the IL thing, because, I mean, they just don't have maybe even Major League Ready guys in the lineup right now. Their production from their 7, 8, 9 hitters in this span is second worst in Major League Baseball uh, in, in terms of OPS and weighted on created plus.
1: I can actually speak to one specific person. Uh, there's a guy, I believe he's a 26 year old rookie from Venezuela. His name is Jermaine Palacios. Uh, he's 0 for so he had one at bat today and he went 0 for one. Uh, but counting that, he is 0 for 21, and that is not in at bats. That is in plate appearances. I mean, he has come to the plate 21 times. He has not gotten a hit. He has not walked. He has not been hit by a pitch. His slash line is zeros all across the board in those twenty eight. Yes, and oh by the way, he also has I believe a fifty percent strikeout rate in that span. So I did a I did a little bit of span finder today, and uh, in in his last nine games, this is you know what's going on, uh, these stats, and he is the twenty first person in baseball history, not non pitcher in baseball history. Uh, in a nine-game span with at least 20 plate appearances to have a zero OPS and at least 10 strikeouts. Wow. And that doesn't include today, where he is now a 10-game span with such things. So he's probably more at this point. Yeah. It's probably more than 21, but it's been... I mean, I'm sure he's probably just not major league ready at this point because he's a rookie, but the fact that that guy is getting any sort of playing time just shows where the Twins at are
0: at with their injuries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Makes sense, and yeah, I mean, with the twins, um, the with the twins, our expectations from this team was potential sleeper team. Yes, they were my AL sleeper team. Yeah, but nothing higher. We didn't expect them to win the division. I mean, we didn't expect the White Sox to be, you know, this mediocre. Also, yeah. Um, but we were expecting, you know, their ceiling was like ninety wins, maybe or around there, um, was where we had them at. And when, when you have that many high-profile guys on the IL, it's kind of hard to sustain a, a level of success where you're winning your division.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly difficult to tread that sort of water with that many guys down. And especially in the starting rotation, like Chris Archer's down, Tyler Malley's down, Chris Paddock was down all year, uh, Kenta Maeda was down all year. Like, they've been working with so much. Uh, Bailey Ober was down for much of the year. That was one
0: of my twins' players to watch. Yeah. Well, both of them have been struck by and injury this year. And he was doing well before his injury. Yep. Um, he solved that home run problem that you were talking about and uh, unfortunately got hurt. Um, so, yeah, and it, the division reigns have just kind of been handed over to the Guardians, who are probably – Four up on the White Sox now. The White Sox
1: are playing like their best baseball of the year, but the Guardians have just also been winning. Yeah, yeah. I believe they've won uh, 13 of 18.
0: Yeah, the White Sox. Um, yeah, the the White Sox have have definitely climbed above, you know, significantly above 500 now. But the Guardians have been just better overall this year. Um, and you know, I know Shane Bieber has been. Doing unbelievable over his last 10 starts. Yes, he has. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been watching that one up close. One six, one six eight ERA in his last 10 starts. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Guardians, you know, uh, a lot of their success has just come from guys that have been doing it all year Jose Ramirez, Andres Jimenez, uh, Ahmed Rosario, Shane Bieber, as I just men- mentioned, uh, Emmanuel Clase out of the bullpen, you know, arguably yeah. best reliever in baseball. But you know that's a com- that's a conversation you could have for another day, uh, but you know it, a, a surprising development there for sure.
1: Yeah, that it has been pretty remarkable what the Guardians have done all year. It's funny because I mean, I think I mentioned this earlier, but like we're looking at the 22 Guardians the same way that we looked at the 2019 Twins, where it was like. At the beginning of the season, the the division looked like a foregone conclusion to the team that had won it the previous year in the, you know, the 2016 through 18 Indians case, like they had won it many years in a row. Right. And it was like, all right, this other team's, you know, up and coming and that looks cool, but like eventually, you know, things are going to fix itself out and it just never happened. Yeah. And it could be the case this year. I feel like maybe we could still be having that conversation with the way the White Sox have been playing. Um... Ironically, maybe uh, coincidentally, as soon as Tony Larusa got sick and left. yeah, I, I've talked with uh, our professor Amy Crawford about this like yep. last week because it's very clear that the team is playing better without Tony LaRusa, but if he takes a leave of absence because he's sick. Does that look bad if the White Sox fire him at the end of the year, being like, "Hey, it's it's great that you're like healthy and all, but like we're replacing you"? Yeah, because uh, I feel like maybe that you get a pass for that when the guy is 80 years old.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, um, we've personally saw this with the Red Sox. That's literally what I referenced. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Listen, for those unaware, uh, John Farrell in 2015. 2015. You know, he did. uh, He was the manager of the Red of the World Series 2013 winning uh, Red Sox.
1: Well, Tony LaRusso is also a World Series winning manager.
0: Yes, and a Hall of Famer baseball person, might, yes. might we add. Uh, but John Farrell uh, you know, won World Series in 2013, but then first to worst in 2014, and then they were in last place in 2015. But uh, After
1: acquiring two stud-free agents.
0: Yeah, two stud-free agents in Pablo Sandoval and Hanley Ramirez, and they were still in last place. I mean, that's just terrible. But anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was diagnosed with leukemia? Or? Yeah, he was, he was diagnosed no, with cancer. No, I think
1: it was lymphoma.
0: Yeah, I th- I, lymphoma sounds right. Uh, but he was diagnosed with cancer, and um, after he was... It was lymphoma. After he was diagnosed with cancer, the Red Sox actually started doing better under bench coach Tori Lavulo. But, you know, just PR-wise, it's hard to just like fire your manager, even though he's coming off two last place seasons. And then, you know, he was, he managed them in 2016 and 2017 and, and eventually got fired after, after 2017. But yeah, like that can, it might be a factor. I don't know if it actually ever is a factor, but right. we'll never truly know. But um, yeah, it could be a thing. It's funny because after 2015
1: uh, when we kept Farrell, especially in 2017 when Lavulo took over with the Diamondbacks and led them to a 93-win season to make the playoffs. I And you also won manager of the year. Like, for that entire offseason, I was like, we could have had that guy. Like, yeah. Like, we could have fired Farrell after 16, brought Lavulo in, and then, like, we wouldn't have this problem, and then we hired Alex Cora, and then it was... The rest is history.
0: Right. Yeah. It, it was a, an emotional roller coaster for sure.
1: It it's so funny. I was actually seeing this on Twitter today, but someone was talking about like the most uh, unlikable Red Sox team of all time because apparently the 2022 team is in the conversation. Right. Which I don't really see it. I mean, I know that they haven't been great, but I think there have been worse. But yeah. someone referenced 2017. I was like, this team won the division they won the same amount of games as the previous year despite losing their best hitter they actually won more playoff games than they did the year before and we look at that team like it sucked
0: yeah yeah it just it felt so bland just because like i think 2016 they were one of the best offensive teams and then 2017 i think they were like second second to second worst in the al and slugging
1: yeah they did not hit for extra bases that year
0: yeah yeah it's just like all their game they won but all their games were like not that exciting. <laughs> Except they did win a bunch of extra innings. They did games. have a lot of walk-offs. They had a ton of walk-offs. They
1: had a walk-off home run the second game of the year. Uh they had they had at least 3 walk-off home runs that I can think of off the top of my head.
0: Yeah. It's just that yeah, it, like the only guy that really dominated that year was Chris Sale. Yeah. But he had like, 300 strikeouts. Their number two their number two started Drew Pomerans and like Mookie Betts had an off year. Hanley Ramirez wasn't good that year. Um who were like Dustin Pedroya was he was good That was the year that Machado injured him yeah, and Machado it all fell off him. after that.
1: Like Andrew Benatendi didn't blossom the way we
0: hoped he would in his first year. Yeah. First full year. Like only dominant guys were Sale and and Craig Kimbrel. Craig Kimbrel was awesome that year. Craig Kimbrel was insane. Yeah, <laughs> he was
1: he was so sick that year. Yeah. Oh yeah, they only won the division, I think by two games that year.
0: Yeah. And then the Yankees moved pat. You know they went further than them in the mm-hmm. in the playoffs. The Yankees also won the season series against them that year. Uh true, 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 true. Um, how did we get to how did we get to the twenty seventeen Red Sox? Oh, we no, were talking John about Farrell.
1: John Farrell and Tony Larusa and the AL Central, the Twins.
0: But yeah, um, I was gonna say that like if you are a White Sox fan, there's reason to root against them winning the winning the division uh but it is so fair because that's also that's probably their only route to the playoffs, yeah, it's their only r- r- route to the playoffs, but like you know, but I guess it's different since Tony LaRoe is technically not uh in control of the team right now, but like if Tony LaRusse was in control of the team right now it's almost better for you you (laughs) long-term under the condition that he gets fired if they don't win the division. And if they, you know, under the condition of that, it would be better for them long-term if they just lost the division this year because obviously they don't really pose that much of a playoff threat as it stands now. But if they just lost the division and then had a new manager from there on out and were able to ride the next few years under you know, a a major league manager. Exactly. But, um, but obviously the situation's more complicated now because Tony LaRusse is not technically managing them, but they're still doing better. Um, so who could have predicted? Uh, so yeah, twins. Yeah. Twins are out of it. Um, basically. And a lot of that has to do with injuries. Another division race that's happening. Most exciting one You could, you know, it's not the exact same, but it's somewhat comparable to uh, the Giants and Dodgers last year. Yeah. Because these are... Just not as many wins. Not as many wins, but, I mean, two teams that are probably going to end up with... Over 100. Over 100 this year. Um, Braves, Mets, in the NL East. uh, As it stands now, Mets have a one-game lead? Mets have a one-game lead. Um, What do you... What are we thinking about how this race is going to go down? It's very, very interesting because,
1: like, both teams have had opportunities to pull away, and they just haven't. I think they both swept their series this weekend. The Mets swept the Pirates. The Braves swept the Phillies. Yep. But, like, the Mets got swept by the Cubs. The Braves struggled against various teams. Like, I think, I remember there was a stat where, like, uh, both teams went, like, two months without, like, winning in there or losing on the same day. I think, I think it was one way. Like there was like a month and a half where, uh, there were no single days where the Mets lost and Braves won on the same day. Wow. Or something like that. <laughs> that yeah, like that's... every time the Mets lost the, I remember there was one day where the Mets like got crushed and then the Braves, uh, lost a game at home to the Rockies with Max Freed pitching.
0: <laughs> yeah. The Road Rockies. Yeah. The road Rockies. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's a real, it's a, it's a very good race. I've, like for sure um because like you know if if the Mets end up losing there might be some most people aren't going to fall into this but some people are going to be like they had a 10 and a half game lead and they weren't able to hold on to it but it's like it's not the Mets losing it because the Braves have been unbelievable I have I have statistics for this yeah the 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 Mets didn't lose it it's just the Braves went out and absolutely got it, if they do end up winning. Mm-hmm. So since the Mets have had their... Since the Mets last had a 10.5 game lead, the Mets have gone 58-38. and 38. 28 games... Or, or 20 games above 500. If you ask a Mets
1: fan, as they have the, that 10.5 game lead, hey, this is your record over the next X amount of games, they're taking that.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, they're taking that. So the Mets, since they had that 10 and a half game lead that's a that's a 98 win pace over 162 mm-hmm. games it's just the braves have gone 67 and 28 and that is a pace of 114 wins <laughs> over 162 games so it's taken the braves to be on a 114 win pace for them to catch the mets and they're, they haven't even technically caught them you know, they did have like a day or two where they they were the leaders or at least tied for the lead. But right now they're a game out. But like the Braves are 67 and 28 in their last 95. Uh, that's that's how good this race has been.
1: Yeah. I mean, both teams have just been going out every single day and, and winning. Like I said, like long period of time where uh, both teams go a while without having the same result or yeah, having without having the same result every day. Yeah,
0: um, and, like, the teams are, are – it's crazy. Like, you know, just every component of both teams, it's like there's not a clear winner. I guess, you know, I don't know. Could could you say with – or, yeah, I don't know if you could say with, with defiance that, like – or with, I don't know if you could say set in stone that, like, the Braves have a better lineup than mm-hmm. the Mets. I don't know if you could say that – set in stone that the Mets have a better rotation than the Braves. Like, it just depends who's going. You know, bullpen-wise, it it seems like the same thing, Um, except for the ninth inning. Yeah. Obviously, we know where they have the advantage in the ninth inning. But, um, and then uh, also outlooking the rest of the year for both of them. uh, Do they face each other at all? They face each other three times. Okay,
1: so just one series.
0: Yeah, the Mets uh, have the sixth easiest strength of schedule, but the Braves have the eighth easiest strength of schedule. So they basically have like the exact same strength of schedule. Yeah. Um. So it, it's really just up to them. It's it's not really a factor of who they're facing because their strength of schedule is about the same. Um. And you know who knows maybe we'll see a sweep in that Mets Braves series that'll be, that mm-hmm. might end up deciding it. But uh, there's there's a there's just we're we're going to we're going to learn a lot. I you know, well, I mean, what happens in this playoff format if there's a tie for the division? Did I they...
1: oh, it might just be
0: head-to-head record. Yeah. Like uh, we'll I mean, see. I guess we
1: still could do a game 163. Like there is still a day between the end of the right. season and playoffs, so it's probably a game 163.
0: Yeah, probably a game 163.
1: Um but if you're really wondering what's on the line here because both these teams are waltzing into the playoffs. Like yes. like these,
0: te- like Both of these teams will clinch a
1: playoff berth probably before the NL Central winner clinches yeah. the division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a- absolutely. But, but if you want to know what is being played for, the loser is ultimately going to get the four seed, which is the top wild card. And if they win the wild card series, they have to face the Dodgers. Whereas yeah. the two seed, which would be the winner of the division, would have to f- uh, get a bye... And then face the winner of the three versus six, which, as it stands right now, would be Cardinals Phillies.
0: Or would it be? Um, is it? I thought it was like uh, NFL playoffs where it's like highest seed. I
1: saw a bracket where it was like automatically set. I could be wrong though.
0: Okay, we'll f- we'll figure we'll figure that either out. way.
1: Division winner gets a bye in the first round.
0: Yeah the the division winner needs uh, three rounds to win the World Series. The wild card winner needs four. Yeah. That's that's all you really need to know there. Um, you know, you, you it's a free win for whoever uh it's a it's a free playoff round win for whoever wins that division. So, mm-hmm. obviously that is uh that's at stake.
1: Not only that, but like it's a two-game series, maybe a three-game series. So, hypothetically if that series goes three, you got to pitch your game 4 starter game one of the division series.
0: Right, yeah, because uh, so you're probably
1: not going guys on short rest there because there's no travel days. It's back to back to back. Yep. So like, let's say the Braves go with you know Max Fried in Game One, Spencer Strider Game Two, Charlie Morton Game Three. They then have to start Jacob deGrom Game One.
0: Yeah, against Scherzer against, or deGrom. Ex- well, or, if it's or, against or no, the Dodgers, it'd
1: be against like Julio Arias. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They don't really have like a defined ace this year. Yeah. Do
0: they? Well, I guess Kershaw's uh When he's healthy, Kershaw, but he hasn't healthy. been healthy.
1: Yeah. He's
0: he's healthy right now, but you know, subject. They to also change. have
1: a very left handed heavy rotation between Kershaw, Andrew Heaney, Julio Arias, uh Tyler, Tyler Anderson. Anderson. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Tony
1: Gonslin's hurt right now. I guess he's probably been their best pitcher throughout the year. Uh thanks to his run support and his <laughs> and his uh average against with runners in scoring position yeah yeah he is a 16 and 1 record <laughs> that's that's so crazy
0: yeah literally like
1: he has a 210 era and a 333 fip that's a that's a historic win-loss record yeah
0: like yeah like a win-loss a win-loss percentage of 941 like 95 maddox and 95 rj went Nineteen and two and eighteen t- and two respectively, and yeah. that's like the territory Tony Gonsolin is in right now. Yep, <laughs> he does have a two hundred ERA plus. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, do we want to get into uh, players to highlight?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess so.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, now it is time to get into players that are. Performing above expectations and then eventually players underperforming. Starting with our uh, Tuesday, September 20, 2022 edition of... Who do you have for us today? So I went reliever diving for this show, as I told
1: you. And I'm going with a guy who... If we're not taking sample size into account, you could argue this guy has been the best reliever in baseball this year. I'm talking about Pete Fairbanks, Ah. who was injured for much of the year but right. over his last 19 appearances which dates back to July 25th he has a 0 ERA and a 0.26 FIP <laughs> in 19 innings pitched wow uh, this year overall he has a 4- 42.1% strikeout rate and a 2.6% walk rate that gives him the second best K to walk K rate minus walk rate in the majors somehow Edwin Diaz is still better than that <laughs> and the best K to walk ratio Uh, His slider has gained four inches of vertical movement against the average this year. It went from six to ten. And as a result, uh, he's allowed a 208 average against with zero extra base hits. And also expected statistics that are actually lower than that. Wow. And this is the one. He has an ex-WOBA this year of 158. Yeah. That is the best... Of the 653 pitchers with at least 25 batted balls against. And it also leads the 5,371 seasons since the start of the StatCast era with at least 100 pitches thrown. Pete Fairbanks is at exactly 300. That's three times the qualifier. 5,371 seasons, and no one has had a better ex Woba than Pete Fairbanks this year.
0: Yeah, that's insane. Pete Fairbanks. Yeah, um,. It, kind of surprising how low his walk rate is because I've, I've always I've always remembered him as a guy who, you know, oh. he'll strike you out, but he'll walk you as well.
1: Speaking of uh, low walk rates, uh one of my favorite trades is the fact that uh, Pete Fairbanks and Nate Lowe were traded for each other, and now they're both dominating
0: right now. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, because Lowe, I remember there was Nate Lowe and Brandon Lau, and it was like, mm-hmm. who's who? Well, now there's, there's also Josh Lowe. Yeah. RAs. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God that one of them was traded.
1: It is it is a very fun. I love the trades where it's like a one for one and they both do really well. Yeah. Or they both do horrible.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Like where
1: they both perform equally. Yeah. Um But yeah. Pete yeah. Fairbanks getting traded straight up for uh Nate Lowe I don't know if it was straight up but they were traded both, for each other both how about that's this both year. how about that's this year one of them a player to watch of mine yeah uh, it's funny because I think both teams like don't regret it even though uh, the guy that they traded is doing really well like I'm sure the Rangers probably regretted it for some time in 2020 yeah but now they're like eh Nate Lowe is like he has like a t- I think he has like a top five weighted runs created plus against among first basemen this year
0: yeah I it makes sense. He's been dominating since, like, the start of August.
1: Like, really dominating. Yeah. Like, he's been a top 10 hitter in the majors. Uh, real quick, on the year, his weighted runs created plus ranks third among first basemen behind Goldschmidt and Freeman.
0: Okay. That's, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. My my how about that is about uh, one of the teams we just talked about. It's about the Mets. It's about the Mets, baby. Yeah. Let's go, Mets! Come Hit a on home now, run. Home run. This guy's been hitting some home runs. It's Eduardo Escobar. Oh wow!
1: This is a. Uh, what is it? What is it when a guy gets two? How about that's in a season? Wait, he
0: he was a how about that? Really? The very
1: first episode of the season.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> okay, yeah. It's what a, is it called? How, how about, about these? these? Yeah. How about these? I don't have a, a sound effect for that, but... I think it's only happened twice in the history of the show. Yeah. And it was because we had a guest How About That. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, Or actually, no. I, actually, no, it was, I did it was a, a How About These, and it's kind of funny oh, okay. how it connects to this episode also. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember who it was. But, uh, but Eduardo Escobar, How About These? I don't... I thought... When you said that, I was like, did he do it like a month ago? And I was No, I was he did further. it the very first episode. So of I don't the year. feel bad about this one. No, it's, it's, this is a totally different sample. Yeah. But Eduardo Escobar in his last sixteen games is hitting three seventy-nine with an with an eleven eighty-nine OPS and a two hundred twenty-eight weighted runs created plus. Uh, in this span, out of hundred and sixty-four qualifiers, he ranks sixth in slugging, sixth in OPS and sixth in weighted runs created plus. Out of 243 hitters with 25-plus batted balls in this span, uh, Escobar's expected Woba ranks fourth behind Jordan Alvarez, Aaron Judge, and Freddie Freeman. Second amongst – or, no, he's a –
1: I guess first amongst switch hitters, technically. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Good qualifier there. I thought of him as a righty, and then I was like, no, wait, he's both. Yep, yep. Uh, Escobar's (laughs) strikeout rate has gone from 25% before the span to 17% in this span. Uh, also, his barrel rate has gone from 7.9% to 18.8% in this span. Uh, that barrel rate ranks 15th out of 243. Uh, also, his hard hit rate has gone from 36% to 48%. Only four of Eduardo Escobar's 48 batted balls in this span have had a negative launch angle. Wow. And his percentage of batted balls with launch angles of zero degrees or less has gone from twenty point three percent before the span to eight point three percent in this span, and out of one hundred ninety-three batters with thirty-plus batted balls uh, since September second, Escobar's percentage of batted balls of zero degrees or less is the lowest out of those uh, one hundred ninety-three. So, not a you know a negative launch angle means you're really jamming the ball into the ground. Um, not the case with the Eduardo Escobar's, and 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 that. That usually results in an out, um, and if it does, and if it results in a hit, it's going to be a single. But maybe a double if it's down the line enough. Yeah, and then you get the shift against you. Yeah. Um. But Eduardo Escobar, also his sweet spot percentage has gone from thirty-eight point eight percent, which is already pretty good, to fifty percent in this span. Uh, that percentage is tied for. 10th out of 243 batters so eduardo rodriguez um, eduardo rodriguez eduardo yeah eduardo rodriguez eduardo escobar hitting the ball in the right spot um uh, in the right angle uh striking out less as well and he's earning a
1: his second of the year yeah my sample was three games so yours is definitely a lot more valid (laughs) um so does uh, your does your illustrator work like um, for those stats of uh like negative launch angle, that work for you? Um,
0: I don't go to Illustrator for that. I go to Statcast search.
1: Okay, I mean the Illustrator is usually a shortcut to find that stuff. Oh. Um. That's good. But it doesn't work
0: for me. Dang. Yeah. Hate to see that, but or well, sometimes I just go to his page and go to the Statcast game logs. Um, yeah. To find like oh how many balls have been negative launch angles um but anyway my or uh no uh now we're going to players the subjects that have been underperforming with our uh what's today tuesday september, september 20th 2022 edition of slightly uh who do you have for us today so i am uh, i have another player in the
1: same division as my how about that another another team that's competing guy that has not been doing so well is Teoscar Hernandez of the Ooh. Toronto Blue Jays. Dating back to August 15th, he is slashing 204, 252, 333 for a 586 OPS and a 66 weighted runs created plus. Before the span, he had a strikeout rate of 26.9%, which is already above league average, but in this span, it is up to 38.3%, which is the third highest in the majors. He, As you might imagine for someone who's been striking out a lot, he has mainly struggled against off-speed pitches and breaking balls. Uh, among the one hundred eighty-seven hitters with at least one hundred fifty breaking balls and off-speed pitches seen, Hernandez's one hundred eighty-two slugging percentage ranks eighth lowest, and his twenty-three point nine percent whiff rate ranks tenth highest. Uh, he just has not been able to get a hold of it lately.
0: Um, that was really all I had, but yeah, Teoscar Hernandez. Teoscar Hernandez. Slightly alarming. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Blue Jays—they'll definitely be in a uh in a playoff spot. Most likely, unless Mm -hmm. the Orioles win 15 in a row. Um, But, yeah, uh, not what you want heading into uh, a competitive stretch here. My slightly alarming, um, funnily enough, was last year's how about these guy. Yep. It's Austin Riley. Um, You know, a guy also on the other side of the NL East, uh, Chase, Uh, Austin Riley, in his last 12 games, he's hitting 149 with a 460 OPS. Out of 165 qualifiers, his OPS is 8th worst, and his Weighted Runs Created Plus is 5th worst. His strikeout rate has gone from 24% before this span to 30% in this span. His average exit velocity has gone from 93.4 miles per hour to 89.0 miles per hour. So a a 4.4 mile per hour difference, not great. His, hit, his hard hit rate has gone from 53% to 38%. And also an alarming thing with Austin Riley. His ground ball rate has gone from 36% to 53%. So from well below average to well above average. Um, I'm sure it'll fix itself. It is a 12-game span, but uh, that's why we call it slightly alarming. So Austin, Austin Riley. Um, all right, so that does it for players to highlight. Now we will get into uh, the preview of the week ahead um, where I will be looking at series to watch. Daniel will be taking a look at the day-by-day matchup. So we'll go Tuesday through Thursday here, probably depending on how, how much we know about the pitching matchups. But, uh, yeah, most of the... Uh, most of the series have already started, but uh, what I'll talk about is we got we got some good series up here. Yeah, we do. We got uh, Phillies Blue Jays as a nice interleague matchup. I imagine that's going to be a two-game series um, because I believe they've already faced each other, and they don't you don't play like more than four games against uh, an interleague opponent. So yeah, that'll be a two-game series. Both teams trying to maintain spots in the wild card. And the Phillies have actually become the third wild card spot, not the Padres anymore. So they have to worry about the Brewers uh, coming up, trying to sneak up on them. And speaking of the Brewers, they are hosting the Mets, the NL East leading Mets at American Family Field for what seems to be a three or four game series. I believe it's three. Um yeah, it is. Uh, it is a three-game series. As yeah, the, that Wednesday game is at two p.m. There's a very good matchup in tonight's game. It X-3. was uh, Corbin Burns versus Max Scherzer.
1: Yeah, looks like the Mets are up three nothing right now in the fifth. So, seems like Scherzer, as of right now, has been getting the better end of that.
0: Yep, yep. Um, and then the last series I'll get into is Padres Cardinals um, playoff rematch of a couple. Of Uh, years ago the 2020 playoff rematches are so funny it is funny like oh cubs marlins yeah (laughs) Yeah, cubs marlins uh reds braves (laughs) yeah (laughs) twins astros oh yeah yeah it's it's daughters brewers even though that
1: was also a 2018 rematch
0: yeah so much different (laughs) so much different uh and yeah cardinals padres will be a three game series um padres Looking to maintain their status as uh, in in the wild card race, Cardinals mostly have the NL Central wrapped up by now, but uh, you know, a good team looking to win some games. What do you got for the day by day matchups? So
1: I'm going to start with Tuesday because Mondays have already happened. I uh, there's a do- there's a Diamondbacks Dodgers doubleheader at Dodger Stadium. Tyler Anderson will be starting the second game for the Dodgers. A couple of young guys going in Red Sox Reds, the rare matchup. Of course, the 1975 World Series. Gotta love that rematch. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Brian Bayo and Dolo both have vivid memories of that series. Yeah, they'll Bra- be starting against each other.
0: Brian Bayo, you know, he was he was negative he was like 20 years old. He was negative 20, but his his mom let him stay up to watch <laughs> yeah. Game Six and see Bernie Carbo hit that three run homer to to tie the game. And uh, but you know. Joe Morgan's go-ahead single still lives with him, and I think he's going to bring that into tomorrow's matchup.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, as for Nicoladolo, I mean, he saw Carlton Fisk hit that homer. He dropped to his knees. He was yeah. so devastated, but obviously uh, he was very happy to see them win it. <laughs> yeah. But now he's got to defend that title.
0: He's got to defend that title. He's got to <laughs> show why the Reds are number one. <laughs>
1: exactly, on a Tuesday at 640 <laughs> in, in, on September 20th when both teams are out of the playoff race. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> with a max of, like, 10,000 fans in attendance. Yes. Great American. Pa- Pablo Lopez will be... Fa- oh, speaking of Cubs-Marlins. <laughs>
0: 2020 playoff <rematch. laughs> Yeah.
1: Adrian Sampson and Pablo Lopez will be facing each other at Lone Depot Park. Uh, Ross Stripling and Kyle Gibson will be facing each other in uh, Blue jays Phillies another other World Series rematch. Yep. Of course, 19... Uh, Ross Stripling and Kyle Gibson actually might have been alive for that one. Yep. They might have been, like, zero.
0: Right, right, yeah.
1: If I'm having to guess. Nestor Cortez will be facing the Pirates. That's another World Series rematch, Yankees-Pirates. Nestor Cortez definitely remembers the 1960s. He remembers that (laughs) run differential. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) When he was like negative, probably... 25-30. Twenty-five, thirty. Yeah, Nestor Cortez. Anytime he hears a, a Polish last name, it just it just <laughs> brings him back to Bill Mazeroski. <laughs> this is so fun. <laughs> there just happens to be so many World Series where <laughs> The Mets
1: and Brewers. Uh, Carlos Carrasco and Aaron Ashby will face each other. Yeah. Patrick Sandoval will face the Rangers for the Angels. Uh, Dylan Bundy and Zach Greinke. That's like a twenty. 15 classic I guess I don't know Dylan Bundy was never really good until 2020 but he did he has been in the majors since 2012 so
0: fourth overall pick one year something like that yeah yeah uh,
1: Luis Castillo will be facing the A's in the Coliseum for the Mariners My, uh, Adam Wainwright and Mike Clevenger will face each other in Cardinals Padres and matchup of the night comes from Astros Rays the playoff rematch yeah
0: <laughs> twice twice Uh, it'll be christian javier versus shane mcclanahan christian javier and shane mcclanahan um well i I know javier was well they they were were both on the 2020 roster but not but not 19 neither of them because
1: mcclanahan made his debut in the playoffs
0: yeah which is hilarious
1: javier maybe he pitched in 19 but he definitely wasn't on the playoff roster
0: yep yep um those were uh thursdays Tuesdays. Oh, Tuesdays. We got two days to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we
1: took a while with that one because we kind of took a detour. Yes. Worth it though. Much w- much worth it. Uh, Max Freed will be facing the Nationals for the Braves on Wednesday. That's a 220 start. Taiwan Walker and Adrian Hauser will be facing each other in Mets Brewers. Uh, Chase Anderson will be facing the Red Sox, which is funny because I saw him say, face the Woo Sox in June with the Lehigh Valley Mudhens. Yep. Yeah. Now he's on the Reds. There we go. Completely different organization, different league, different <laughs> everything. Lance McCullers Jr. and Corey Kluber, that's like definitely a good all-stuff matchup. Oh, yeah.
0: Watch some good, for good sure. breaking stuff.
1: Uh, I found so I was looking for this earlier, and I found this matchup that it's matchup of the night. So I'm, I'm, I'm automatically saying it. I'm not going to say it yet, but I haven't seen any other matchup. Uh, Rowensny Contreras versus Luis Severino. That's interesting because Contreras was traded from the Yankees to the Pirates in, I believe, the Clay Holmes deal.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think that was the so. Case. That's fun.
1: Yeah, uh, Tucker Davidson and Dane Dunning will be facing each other in Angels Rangers. Bailey Ober will be facing the Royals for the Twins in Kansas City. Tristan McKenzie will be facing the White Sox for the Guardians. That's a big series, White Sox Guardians. Yes. Logan yeah. Webb versus Herman Marquez in Giants Rockies. Robbie Ray versus James Caprillion in. Mariners A's at the Coliseum. Miles Michaelis versus Blake Snell and Cardinals Padres. Madison Bumgarner versus Dustin May and Diamondbacks Dodgers. A matchup of the night, as I suspected, comes from Blue Jays Phillies. It's Kevin Gausman versus Zach Wheeler. That's yep. that's a pretty easy one. Zach Wheeler's coming off the IL.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's big for the Phillies. They need him down the stretch. Yeah, you got a guy who won or who was runner up for Cy Young last year versus a guy who's probably going to get. Or, well, yeah. they were in the same Cy Young race last year. One was second, one was sixth. I know this is a conversation
1: for another day, but I really want to believe that the Phillies could be that team where, like, they get hot at the right time and they have the guys to take down like the Dodgers, really like, the big big guys in the division. Like, I, if they have, if they have like, I don't know, Wheeler, Nola, games one and two. Yeah. And then it's like Kyle Gibson, Ranger Suarez. Yeah, they just three and their four. Way. And they just find their way to steal one of those games. Yeah. And then you got, like, Harper and and Hoskins and Castellanos. uh, Right. And Schwarber in that lineup. Like, yeah, they're a team where it's like, why can't they do it? Even though, logistically, it's like, well, their defense
0: and their bullpen. It's going to be weird when, like, the Dodgers are in the playoffs and, like, every pitching matchup is is not benefiting the Dodgers. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, like, their offense and bullpen. Their offense
1: has to just carry them because it's like, oh, it's like game one. It's... It's Aaron Nola versus Tyler Anderson. Yeah. Well right. shoot, I know who the better pitcher is there. Yeah. But, but
0: also Tyler Anderson has like a two seventy
1: RA this year with a decent
0: strikeout to walk rate. Yeah, and the Do- the Dodgers just have every other advantage. <laughs> offense. Yep. Offense, bullpen, defense. Defense. Definitely defense, defense if they're playing the Phillies. Yeah. So now going on to Thursday,
1: Michael Lorenzen versus Martin Perez in Angels Rangers at Globe Life Field. Uh not a lot is announced, but uh Let's see. Shane Bieber will be face, or yeah, Shane Bieber will be facing the White Sox. Michael Walker will be facing the Yankees at Yankee Stadium for the Red Sox. Ranger Suarez will be facing the Braves for the Phillies. Uh, ooh, Zach Gallen versus Julio Arias and Diamondbacks Dodgers. Very good matchup. But I'm going to give matchup of the night just because it's two playoff hopefuls. Uh, to Cardinals and Padres, it's going to be Jack Flaherty versus Joe Musgrove.
0: Jack Flaherty and Joe Musgrove. Yeah.
1: It's cool that Jack Flaherty is... I mean, I hope he can stay healthy. I really do. Yeah. Like, I don't think we're ever seeing 2019 Jack Flaherty again. That's not a a knock to how he is now. It's just he was so unreal during that stretch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had,
0: like, a a sub-1
1: ERA with, like, complimentary FIPS.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, he's... Like... It's funny cuz in 2019 he was like 23, 24. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's still he's still very much in his 20s. He's going to be in his 20s for the next few years and I mean, a comeback from Jack Flaherty is uh, you know. Exactly. Not, it won't be out of the ordinary if it happens. Um and yeah, good a good starter to have is the Cardinals heading to the playoffs. So yeah, that'll do it for this installment of Above Replacement Radio. Yes, it will. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. If you want to follow on follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter, at Chris underscore Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore current and follow the show on Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope to see you next time where we will be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball once again. See you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. <laughs> is over.